Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today we're going to take a look at how minorities can become more involved in foreign service and in governmental activities. And we're going to take a look at the U.S. Peace Corps and the role it plays in providing assistance to many economically developed areas of the world. I guess today is an expert on both these topics. Aaron Williams has experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors, including posts as U.S. Agency for International Development Mission Director for South Africa, Vice President of the International Youth Foundation, Executive Vice President of RTI International, and past director of the U.S. Peace Corps, where he served from 2009 to 2012. His most recent book is The Young Black Leader's Guide to a Successful Career in International Affairs, What the Giants Want You to Know. Aaron Williams, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Hello, Bill. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Yes. Always good to be with you, and uh, I'm delighted to have a chance to talk about my books today. Well, I am, I'm delighted, too, to see you again. It's been way too long. But right. let's yeah. let's just focus on your most recent book for the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, why did you write this book on uh, the Young Black Leader's Guide to a Successful Career in International Affairs? And a, a ancillary question, who are the giants? You mentioned the giants in the title. Right. Well, first of all, Bill, let me say that I've always felt that representing America is the highest form of service. And for several years, I discussed with uh, my good friend and colleague, Professor uh, Jennifer Brinkerhoff, the idea of a book that would tell the stories of successful African-American leaders, leaders and giants, as, as we like to call them, in diplomacy, development, in the military, in the foundation world, in global, in global corporations. And so many of these individuals have been my colleagues, but their stories, Bill, were not widely known. They really had uh, tremendous stories to tell. They were, they were voices of experience, of of achievement and courage. Thankfully, Jennifer agreed to join me on this journey and she was really the brilliant architect and principal writer of the book Structure and Flow. Then we had the unique opportunity that we were joined by one of her superb graduate students, uh, Taylor Amos. Taylor, uh, like me, grew up on the South Side of Chicago and she had also, Bill, served as a Peace Corps volunteer in synagogue. So we had, we had the team ready and then of course, we were very concerned and wanted to address the lack of diversity in American foreign policy. You know, if you think about the American foreign policy arena, whether it's the State Department or U.S. Agency for International Development, the Millennium Challenge Corporation, uh, the Foreign Commercial Service or the Foreign Agricultural Service. And if you also add to that private nonprofit organizations and global corporations around the world where the United States is represented, there's severe underrepresentation of minorities. And so we felt it was important to address this. Then let me just add one other thing. Uh, in 2020, there was an article in the Foreign Affairs Journal 
by two distinguished career ambassadors, uh, Ambassador Bill Burns, who is now the director of the CIA, and Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who is now the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And they, they talked about in this article the lack of diversity in our foreign policy agencies. And so we felt that this was, the time was right to write this book, and so we proceeded. Because in my view, and many, many of my colleagues, and I'm sure you would agree with this, we need a foreign service and global corporate and organizational leaders who represent the rich diversity that is an authentic America. So that's how, that's kind of the journey that led us to write this book, Bill. That very noble goal, and it was certainly overdue. I've not seen any books like this. So what are the main suggestions that you have in the book as to how young professionals can look at the public service, be it in the foreign service area or wherever it might be, to get involved and to really as we say, it's a trite cliche, but it's true to help create that better world. Well, I think that, uh, number one, uh, a career is not a passive undertaking, right? A career requires action. It's a process that you have to navigate. You know, in my own personal uh, situation, if I served as a Peace Corps volunteer in the Dominican Republic, I went to graduate school to get an MBA. And I selected that degree, Bill, because I had envisioned a career that would ideally give me the opportunity serve in three sectors, in business, in government, and in the nonprofit world. So that vision was kind of my North Star, if you will, so to speak. It was, it was my dream. And so in the book, we walk through the process of creating a vision. Uh, we think about how you should approach your first job, how you create and seize opportunities, how you make strategic choices, and taking advantage of lucky breaks, and of course, also the disappointments. We tried to tackle some of the tough issues. We tried to uh, demystify the formal process in which you advance the organizations, based again on the amazing, courageous stories told by our giants. So that's uh, kind of the, the guidelines, the markers that we laid out in terms of guiding the young professionals uh, through the steps in develop, developing first a vision and then your career. Have you had feedback from young people? Have they looked at this? Are you... Are you getting input from them as to how this is impacting their lives, maybe helping them to chart their careers? Absolutely. Thanks to the brilliance of uh, Professor Brinkerhoff. Uh, she uh, worked uh, working with the partnership with the Hewlett Foundation. We were able to go out and actually uh, survey and discuss and have intergenerational uh, dialogue with young people across the country. And we really focused on the, the historically Black universities. And, uh, and we incorporated the giants that we feature in the book in, in this dialogue. And yes, I think it has resonated very well with our target audience. You know, we talk to them about things like, Bill, that, you know, don't try to focus on where you're going to end up in 20 years. Understand what your entry-level position is and how you can get in the door. And know also when you need to move on. Uh, try to be sure that you assess what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And uh, I think we have provided some guidelines and some, some markers for young people to follow. Again, based on these amazing stories from the Giants. And by the way, when I talk about the Giants, I think it might be helpful at this point in our conversation to just mention a couple of the people that we're talking about. We're talking about people like Linda Thomas-Greenfield, right? Who is our uh, American ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, I, we're referring to Ambassador Johnny Carson, who served as a U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs in the Obama administration, a senior national intelligence officer for Africa, and a former U.S. ambassador in Kenya, Zimbabwe, and Uganda. 
Uh, I'm referring to somebody like General Barry Price, who served 30 years in the U.S. Army, uh, commander in various posts, and who was director of human resources policy for the U.S. Army. People who really made a difference in their careers. Uh, Helene Gale, Dr. Helene Gale, who is the president of Spelman College now and former CEO of CARE International and then former director of HIV and reproductive health at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, and uh, individuals like Ruth Davis, Ambassador Ruth Davis, who was the first woman of color to be appointed director general of the Foreign Service. That is a very impressive list. <laughs> it certainly and, is. And it goes on. You know, we have an interview. Yeah, right. The tip like of the that. iceberg. Exactly. The tip, yeah, of the the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. Most assuredly. Well, it's <laughs> it's a book that's long overdue, and I'm sure it'll be greatly appreciated by younger people who want to sort of figure out how to get in through this yeah. in this maze that you and I have gone through. And of course, you mentioned the Dominican Republic being in the Peace Corps. You and I have been friends for years. We were in the Peace Corps in the same right. place at the Our, Catholic we University. Never, we never could have envisioned this point in our careers, right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, this might be a good transition, Aaron, to talk about your first book that uh, both of them are extremely important. But you had a book not long ago called A Life Unim Unimagined, The Rewards of a Mission-Driven Service in the Peace Corps and Beyond. Why did you write that book? Well, that book was a labor of love, like you know, like like this book that we just got through talking about regarding the giants. Uh, my first book, uh, the book, uh, a memoir of my career in life uh, in international development. I had two goals. First, I wanted to try to inspire young people to consider a career in global affairs, especially minorities, people of color, who are still underrepresented, as as we've discussed already, overall in our foreign affairs agencies and in international development agencies uh, around the world. And second, Bill, it was my desire to leave a legacy for my five grandsons, a book about my family, my career, seeing through my eyes and in my own words. So that's the reason why I wrote the first book. Yes, exactly. And when we look back on the Peace Corps, well, you were the director, what, 2009, 2012? That's right. Under the Obama administration. That's correct. And of course, you and I were in the Peace Corps many decades before that. <laughs> this was, Don't remind me. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I say this is a later phase in our lives. Right. But but when I think back on the Peace Corps, it was a very idealistic time. John F. Kennedy created the Peace Corps in 1963, I guess it was. And we had three basic goals. One was to provide technical assistance to people in several economically developed developing countries. The second was to share America with these people to share the American experience. But what was that third goal of the Peace Corps? And why was that so important to former Peace Corps volunteers such as yourself and myself? Well, you know, the formal goal, and I think it's really important to also point out that isn't it amazing that the brilliant uh, founder, Sergeant Shriver, that he set these three goals, which 60 years plus later, we continue to follow uh, in terms of the Peace Corps and Peace Corps service around the world. That's, that's quite remarkable. And the third goal was to help promote a better understanding of, of other, about the rest of the world and the part of Americans, right? In other, in other words, to bring back this rich experience, bring it back home as newly minted world citizens and sharing this in your communities, right? And whatever walk of life you happen to be in. And I think that's a very important goal. It's even more important today when we see the, the kind of global turmoil that we're encountering today, every day, the headlines right now, as you know so well. And it's important to have well-informed 
citizens in this country who understand the nuances, the complexity of the outside world and are able to promote and support our leaders as they move forward to deal with these global problems that affects the United States in a profound way. That is so critical, and we're going to come back in a minute and pursue that. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We invite our viewers to go to our website, www.globalconnectionstelevision.com, to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with the PBS or Community Access Television Station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows, you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at foreign service to some degree, but also people who really want to help create a better world. And my guest is an expert on this topic. Aaron Williams has experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors, including posts as USAID Mission Director for South Africa, Vice President of the International Youth Foundation, Executive Vice President of RTI International, and Director of the U.S. Peace Corps from 2009 to 2000. 2012. Aaron, you're, you're putting out these books. You've become quite prolific. We we may have to start <laughs> taping every other month. <laughs> they're so they're so. I've been very fortunate, right? They have. I have. That's great right. <laughs> that's right. It's it's very good to have folks like that. I agree with you there. But you were talking about the uh, third goal of the Peace Corps and to bring that rich experience home, and it certainly was. A rich experience, I think, for the majority of the volunteers. Some didn't feel quite the way you and I do about how our experiences were. But why? How has that helped chart your life? Uh, just being in the Peace Corps. Great question, and I think um, the the quick and and absolutely comprehensive answer, Bill, is that uh, the Peace Corps transformed my life. You know, I uh, had no idea of what a U.S. embassy was when I was a young man growing up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I didn't really, I certainly didn't speak a foreign language. And uh, the Peace Corps introduced me to a new culture, a new language. Uh, it gave me a chance to be challenged and to develop my own personal set of skills. Uh, it opened up the world, transformed my life. And everything that I've done professionally, whether it's in the business world or in the nonprofit world, or certainly in my government service at the U.S. Agency for International Development, then the Peace Corps uh, as director, uh, all of that was set was set in motion because of my service in the Dominican Republic when you and I served together back all those many years ago. Thank you. You're very diplomatic. <laughs> many years ago, that's very very true. Yes. Right. Let's not put a specific number on that. <laughs> yeah, let's not. <laughs> read about it in my yeah. books. <laughs> we'll just do that over the telephone in private. But uh, you stop and think back when you were the Peace Corps director. What were some of the major challenges that, that you ran into from 2009 to 2012? Well, I think that. Uh, well, first of all. Serving in the historic Obama-Biden administration was just an honor and a privilege, right? To lead the Peace Corps, to come full circle after being a Peace Corps volunteer so many years ago. And it was, I've always regarded it as a magnificent opportunity 
to lead this iconic American institution that promotes world peace and friendship. So I'm very proud of what we accomplished during my tenure there. I mean, you know, we really uh, put in place some of the most significant policy and operational reforms in the Peace Corps' 50, at that time, 50-year history, including safety and security reforms, many of which were codified into law under the Kate Pusey Peace Corps Volunteer Protection Act. And in the process, we offered hundreds of young Americans, young Americans uh, the opportunity to serve, serve their country. Further, Bill, we opened up five new countries, uh, country programs in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. We created several new partnerships with other presidential programs, such as the President's Emergency Program uh, to Combat HIV AIDS in Africa, uh, the Presidential Malaria Initiative, uh, we also, Bill, and I know you appreciate this because you and I connected during that period. In 2011, we celebrated the P Peace Corps' 50th anniversary, providing a platform for America and the world to join us in celebrating these 50 years of promoting global peace and friendship. And as a part of this year-long celebration, uh, our senior staff and myself, we traveled to 15 countries, some 20 states, to celebrate this. So I'm very proud about what we were able to put in place. And uh, I think we contributed to the ongoing legacy of the Peace Corps, which of course continues to this day. Mm -hmm. And it's still an outstanding institution. And if our viewers would like more information, they can go to www.peacecorps.gov and take a look at it. And your age may not keep you out of the Peace Corps. Just remember that it used right. to be go for BA general is fresh out of college. That's not the case today. So no. take a look at that. Well, Aaron, before we run out of time, you were the director of the USAID, the Agency for International Development Mission in South Africa at a very exciting time when Nelson Mandela came on the scene and won the presidency of uh, South Africa. What, were, what was one of the major highlights of that? Just having Mandela there was a highlight, but it, as far as you're concerned, what was the major highlight to that you'll always remember about that? Well, you're right. Nelson Mandela was an iconic leader, a true um, moral leader uh, in ways that very seldom have we seen in the world, historically and in the present. And in real life, Bill, I can tell you, he was everything that you read about or, or observe in media coverage about President Mandela, read about him in books about him. I think, first of all, you have to consider, how do you define a man who comes out of 27 years in prison, incarcerated because he was a freedom fighter, comes out of prison and he has no hatred? One of my favorite quotes uh, from President Mandela is in my, my first book about life unimagined. And, and I quote, he said, as I walked out the door towards my freedom, I knew that if I did not leave all the anger, hatred, and bitterness behind, I would still be in prison. And he governed that way. He governed for all South Africans, no matter what their race, creed, religion, et cetera. And that was a magnificent thing to see, especially when you look at the world today, right? And the, compli and the complicated issues that we face today. So he emerged from that ordeal with no anger or animosity, focused on the democratic transformation of his country, and he was determined to create a society that would offer a better life for all South Africans, no matter what your race or color, ethnic group or religion. So I had the privilege, Bill, of meeting with him in various encounters, both, of course, in official meetings and in a more relaxed personal situations. And uh, it was truly an extraordinary time. And of course, uh, President Clinton had a special relationship with President Mandela. Uh, the entire U.S. cabinet uh, was very supportive and traveled to South Africa. And so we interacted with the leaders of our government trying to support 
that democratic transformation and making a better life for every South African. So that was uh, quite an extraordinary time. But the other thing I think is important to, to remember is that even in the years before the United States uh, openly supported uh, the ANC and came out against uh, the apartheid regime uh, of those past years, the American American society was with Nelson Mandela and the and the African National Congress, and it was wonderful to be there at a time we could see the fruition of this long-standing support for President Mandela and and this transformation. It was truly an historic time, and he was an iconic leader not only in South Africa but in many areas of the world, especially at the United Nations. He he was just a giant when it came to looking at the issues and focusing on these very, very difficult issues and trying to help resolve them. Well, what role did the USAID play in trying to be of assistance to the Mandela administration as well as to administrations in many other areas of the world, not to just limit it to him, but were, were there special services or programs available to help South Africa to get beyond this apartheid period? Well, we were focused primarily, of course, on empowerment of the black majority that had been uh, oppressed and deprived under many, many decades of apartheid, right? So mm -hmm. our and our strategy was, was carefully crafted to support uh, the Mandela government's uh, development priorities in their country. So we had a very broad program. It was a billion-dollar program overall in terms of our portfolio bill. And this is when a billion dollars still was a lot of money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Before Afghanistan and, and Iraq uh, and, you know, in the provinces uh, or Ukraine. Right. That was still, I think at the time, we were the second largest USAID program in the world. So we were involved in uh, in small business development. We were involved in uh, policy analysis and supports of the presidency and the vice presidency of, of South Africa. Uh, we had programs that supported the agricultural sector. We had a huge education program that was involved from K to 12 and also higher education, working with the historically black institutions, forming partnerships between those institutions and American institutions. Uh, we had a superb uh, health program that focused on HIV AIDS and maternal child care. Uh, there was, I don't think there was any sector that we were not involved in. We had a very large housing and urban development program looking at infrastructure and housing for the uh, dis disfranchised and disadvantaged black majority. It was very broad and gave us a chance to interact with the entire uh, South African cabinet. And again, we also supported a partnership under the so-called uh, uh, Vice President Gore and Deputy President Mbeki's uh, bilateral commission that brought the cabinets together twice a year. So we played an uh, important role in supporting that effort also. Well, Aaron, you're quite right. If it hadn't been for the Peace Corps, you and I and many, many other return Peace Corps volunteers would not have taken the international path. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing today. And I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. But keep it up and write another book. I'm sure there are many topics <laughs> out there <laughs> that you, you know. Well, there's one more thing I like. Let me just add. I've got sure, me. please. Let me add one more thing. Uh, I, I really need to also emphasize the fact that when I was in South Africa, I worked for uh, our outstanding distinguished ambassador, Ambassador James Joseph, who unfortunately passed on this year. But he had a, had a distinguished career. He had served as Deputy Secretary of the U.S. Department of Interior during the Carter administration. Uh, he had helped form the uh, incorporating the Points of Light Foundation. 
He was the first chairman of the Corporation for National Service that established AmeriCorps, and he was also chairman of the post-Hurricane Katrina Louisiana Disaster Recovery Foundation. An amazing man, amazing leader. I was I was proud and privileged to have him as a mentor and a friend. And so he was the shining light, the guiding light for us during those years uh, out in South Africa. Very, It was a wonderful time to be there. Yes, he certainly was. Well, Aaron Williams, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Well, thank you, Bill. Thanks for inviting me. I'm always delighted to be with you. And, and thank you for your service to trying to make sure that Americans are better informed about these important global issues. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.